Hey everybody, what's going on? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Real Sports presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. Emily Anderson and I are back to talk about episodes three and four of The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan doc. These episodes were great. We got some Dennis Rodman. We got some Phil Jackson. We got Michael Jordan's first ring. This one was awesome. We cannot wait to hear what you guys think in the comments. As always, please make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Smash that subscribe button. Leave us a nice five-star review. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. We're going to be putting up a poll after this episode, so make sure to go vote in that. Thunderbug Sports on Instagram and Facebook, and make sure to join the Facebook group, search Bullpen Card Podcast, and be a part of the conversation. But enjoy this episode, guys. Cannot wait to hear what you guys think. And here we go. Welcome to this episode of Real Sports, presented by ThunderblogSports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Yeah, I almost said Jordy. Um, sounds like a guy I went to college with. Jordy Cannell is my name. What was jo- his name? Brian Jorny. Oh, that's his last name. That was his last name. Okay. Joining me, as you just heard her lovely voice, is my wonderful fiance, Emily Anderson, third and girl. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing pretty well, you know. It's been a nice week for us. A lot of good reviews of our first Last Dance app. So we're back with another one. Episodes three and four came out this past Sunday, along with the NFL draft, but we don't need to talk about that currently. Um, although, you know, mixed feelings on it. We're not upset about it, but... Last Dance 3 and 4 was the perfect way to cap off the weekend. Fantastic is still what you would apply to the entire series. 3 and 4 were almost better than 1 and 2. I think I don't think it's that crazy to say. 3 you got some Rodman, a lot of Rodman. 4 you got some Phil and some more Rodman. Emily, what what were your thoughts coming into this and coming out of it especially? Well, I think we just should realize that we're going to get in more in depth in this story as we go on so we're going to see a bigger picture we're going to get more background more stories more sound clips of all these people so i don't think it's crazy to say that they're just going to keep getting like better and better Mm -hmm. yeah i mean we only got one championship in this one and we got a lot of losing we got the bad boys we had isaiah thomas and michael jordan still very clearly hating each other which was pretty funny to see but let's let's kick it off. Episode three. You rewatched it. Starts off with our guy Dennis Rodman, who we did the real sports for Rodman, or the Dennis Rodman doc. Um, and he they you know, reintroduces himself, talks a little bit about you know his time growing up, which we you know is really covered in his thirty for thirty, mm-hmm. and then going to college, and really how competitive he is. And I kind of forgot about the college highlights of how animated he was even back then yeah yeah <laughs> um, so then they show they do show they don't really show that much of college in this well yeah they, but maybe it was the same highlights they showed in his doc but um then they show him getting drafted they show and very quickly run through 
the first couple of years in Detroit where he's finding himself and you know of course in the doc they talk a lot about his relationship with Chuck Daly and how the father son relationship that 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 had there and that's mentioned of how much he respected him and everything there and didn't really dive too much into you know Dennis's past with his dad they talked about his mom and how much she worked yeah they just say they got kicked out of the house yeah so um that maybe that's one missing piece if you will but they really get right into the bad boy pistons and it ties perfectly into where we had left off and going through michael jordan's professional careers with pippen they had to kind of mix and match with it they really go into pippen sitting out the start of the year and we also pick up there as well but with rodman's career it fits right into the bulls hiring doug collins and ultimately running into the two, the Bad Boy Pistons. Yeah. But so we hear about, so we they kind of jump back and forth, but they go to, to the 97 98 season. Scotty is missing time. He's not around. And Michael Jordan looks to him to be this other guy. They've won two championships together. They kind of they give a, a quick synopsis of how, of how Jerry Krause brought him in. Which that's not really even talked about in the in the in the Rodman doc. It's kind of brought that he gets talked about on this list that Phil Jackson had, and he was the fifth guy. And here it makes it sound like Kraus really made a push to bring him onto the team, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Now we have these two different stories, um, but they talk about one about a bunch of games we've seen now. The Bulls have had this terrible road start, and Dennis Rodman's up to his old tricks that we saw in San Antonio, where he's kind of just you know, fouling all over the place and gets kicked out of a game and he really knows he fucked up because he doesn't have any sort of shield in front of him, that being Scottie Pippen, to be that next guy where Dennis Rodman is free to be Dennis. Um, you know, we've been watching the West Wing, let Dennis be Dennis. <laughs> Just watch the Let Bartlett Be the Bartlett episode. But he goes to Michael Jordan's door and Michael Jordan, who we go from last week of, he didn't do anything. He had zero, he had Zero vices, as he's telling us, smoking a fat cigar and drinking a full rocks glass of scotch. Oh, when I was a rookie, I didn't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) To Michael Jordan now is smoking a big fat cigar in his hotel room. Dennis Rodman's like, yo, what's me? And he's like, yo, can I have a cigar? And Michael Jordan just knows, which... That's pretty good team team mates right there to just know. Interesting part is they both know, like, and when they're talking about it now, however many years later, 30 years later, which is crazy, like, they both say, like, I knew I fucked up, this this is Dennis, like. I'm only 30 and I was born in 1990, or I'm turning 30. This is in 1997. Fine. Yeah. Um, 23 years later. Okay. Um. He, you know, Dennis says, you know, I know I messed up. And so he's like, I go to Michael's room to get a cigar. And what you had just said. But they both say, like, now in the current time, like, he didn't say, he didn't ever say sorry. But I just knew that he meant sorry. Like, and Dennis was like, I didn't say sorry, but I I meant it. And then after that point, he was, like, on the straight and narrow. Like, knew that he had to be the number two guy because Scotty wasn't around. So you said straight and narrow. And Michael said straight as an arrow, which I thought was interesting because it's two different... Unless I misheard him. No, he did. No, I heard him say it that way, too. <laughs> uh, I'm not just reading this off of your notes. I remember thinking and watching him like, oh, look, I've never heard never heard it referred to that way. But mm-hmm. it was interesting. I mean, 
they really show that he's this hardworking guy. The Bulls start to put it together by it's fine. This is podcast beers all around. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Um, but they but they show that the Bulls end up being think of the um, it wasn't the All Star I think it was around Christmas. They're twenty eight and eight. No, that wouldn't make sense. But they're twenty eight and eighteen. They're top of the Eastern Conference. Rodman figures all this shit out, and he kind of and he figures it out, and and this team it starts to really get it going, and then we kind of go back to Dennis on the on the Pistons and that savant that we really got a lot of depth into in the Rodman doc, but it, they cover it again here of talking about how he and they really actually go into how he figured out the spin of the ball. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. You know, he talks about how it took him a couple years in the league to realize like that what he was best at and what he should focus on is like rebounding and defense and he talks about how he would take his friends to the gym and make them shoot from like all over the court and then he would know, like, this is where I need to be to get that deflection. If the yeah. ball hits here, this is where I need to be. He, like, knew the spin of the ball when it left Magic's hands versus when it went left Larry Bird's hands versus when it left Michael's hands. And, like, yep. how that spin and where it hit and where he should be to get that ball. And I was like, is my, is Dennis Rodman a physics savant? Like, yeah, you that we don't even know. Like, yeah. like, is he, like, a secret physics genius? Because, yeah. like... I maybe maybe it comes from reps, but like I can't look at a trajectory of a ball and be like, "That's where it's gonna go." We we all like you and I both played baseball and softball. Like, you can kind of see like if a ball is going somewhere, you know where to put your glove. Yeah. But this is something completely different because it's so split second. Like the closest thing I can think of are like hockey goalies will be in the hallway right outside the locker room. We'll throw a tennis ball against a wall yeah. to kind of just see quick movements like that. Like I wonder if but Rodman I've, knew Kawhi's shot was going in. I wonder if he saw that and was like, "That's going in." Maybe. I need to know that. That's actually really I didn't even, didn't even think about that. Maybe like, he was like it's gonna bounce and then bounce yeah. and then it'll it'll be it'll go in. Yeah, I mean it just the way that he that he approached it is something that you never really hear about. Because you hear, oh, so and so didn't leave the gym until he made a hundred free throws mm-hmm. or a hundred jump shots or whatever, or baseball player hit this many balls off a tee, golfer makes this many putts in a row. But you never hear Yo, John, throw the ball against the against the backboard for me, so I can see where that goes. Do it from the three from the three point line. Do it from the elbow. Do it from the other side of the three point line. Put spin on it. Put do spin this. on it. Do this. Make it an arc. Make it a laser. Do whatever. Like that's this happened twenty five years, almost thirty or over thirty years ago. It was before they even won any championships, and it's I've never heard anything else like it, and I'm sure. You know, the good rebounders in the NBA now do that sort of a thing. I'm sure there are coaches who teach that and probably in traffic to work on boxing out and everything. But that's the mental side of Dennis Rodman's game. We very quickly cover with him and with the Pistons as a whole of where the bad boys come from. Yeah. And we did not cover the bad boys, Doc. I have not seen it. I think you said you have. I've seen it. Yeah. I'm sure we get a lot more of it, of those you know, of that era of the team. But we get a awesome highlight package yeah. of them, specifically Dennis Rodman, but of all of them beating the absolute shit out of everybody in the NBA. They show a lot of Dennis Rodman taking out Charles Barkley on the Sixers. Yes, they do. <laughs> Which I thought was very funny that they just focused on, I don't know if that's all from one game or if it's just, <laughs> if there's some secret rivalry that never really was talked about between the two of them. Um, I thought that was pretty funny to see. Um, 
And yeah, Gary Gary Payton says he was a fuck up person. He just come in and fuck everything up, and that really gets emphasized by, as you as we saw in the Dennis Rodman doc, we covered that and shown by Dennis Rodman getting kicked out of the game that he loved to come in and just be that enforcer type of player that you used to see in hockey, the fourth liner that would come in and they check someone really hard, and that was something in hockey and somewhat in basketball. And we'll talk about the Jordan rules soon enough, but he really came in and just pissed off everybody, and he did not care how many fouls he got. He I don't remember if he talks about it in this one, but he definitely talks about it in his own doc, of how many times he's fouled out of the yeah, game, how many times he's got, how many fouls he's collected over the course of the year in the NBA. Um, but he did not care. Yeah. He, you, know, you hear about like guys who get into foul trouble early. That was just a regular day at the office for Dennis Rodman. Yep. But so back to the Bulls. We saw we left the Bulls last time in episode two of them losing to the '86 Celtics in three games. They re, they replay that of them losing, and you know, Jordan has these first couple games out that are incredible, the 63 points, and Doug Collins comes in, old Doug old Dougie Jerry curls, <laughs> looks incredible, and they immediately show modern day Doug. Um, no more Jerry curls. No more Jerry curls. He beat the Heat in one game, the LeBron James Heat with the Sixers. It's really, uh, he was on TNT for a little while. You know, those years in Chicago, they must have really aged him. Because by the time he got out of there, yeah. he looked a lot different. Yeah. Um, but he comes in and really starts to push the team. He was a he was a guy's guy, but he knew how to work them. And you immediately saw in highlights of how much Michael Jordan respected that. And Doug Collins quotes it. Michael Jordan says nothing but praises of him. And Jordan comes out and leads the league. He scores 37 points There's 37 points a game that next year in 86-87. And this is where we really start to see the Bulls becoming this perennial playoff power. Yeah, definitely. And under Doug Collins and they get into it more when Phil Jackson introduces the triangle, but I think that Doug Collins is real coaching strategy was give the ball to Michael Jordan and just let him do what he wants. Yeah, like kind that of Hey thing. Arnold episode, give the ball to Tucker. Yeah, like even when, which I guess we'll talk about in a second, when Michael hits that shot and they were like, what was the play of that? He was like, get the ball to Michael and everyone else get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. Like, it was always about getting him the ball, which is what, you know, led him to have the scoring title and all of these things, but it never really translated into team success. Yeah, and, and you saw the, the, the quote, or really the, the highlight of them in New York. Doug Collins' first game, there's about five minutes left, and Michael Jordan says, we're not losing your first one, and he takes it over. And there was definitely that, that almost like brothers, I don't want to say father-son, because it definitely is a, definitely gave off a different vibe of that professional yeah. relationship than Daly and Rodman. But, well, they're much closer in age. Yeah, that that too, but like almost like a big brother, little brother kind of a thing. Yeah. Of like, there's the there's they got into a huge fight at practice, and they next day address the media, and Jordan gives him a kiss on the cheek, saying we kissed and made up. Um, it's it was interesting to see how this kind of something clicked in Michael Jordan's brain of this is a guy that I want to play for. And certainly that it, it gives him the ball and teaches him that this you know hero ball type of type of aspect, and that's certainly encompassed by the shot mm-hmm. in, in, against the against the Cavs, um, which really comes into a, a very you know interesting time where nobody thought the 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 Bulls were going to win, and 
and they go they end up winning five games on the shot there and then we see the first time they play the bad boy pistons they actually go up 2-1 which i didn't even realize uh, again I, I definitely need to see the the bad boys doc now um and then they lose four straight games or three straight games to ultimately fall in 89 and doug collins gets fired you know that's the end of the era but you mentioned it that ends up going into episode four but Let's talk a little bit about a little more about the shot because you <laughs> introduced a couple good pictures. Obviously, the famous Jordan punching the air, giving it a nice hook with his right arm. You found a similarity of a of a shot that you were there in person for at the Wells Fargo Center. It just walk re- us through this. <laughs> it just reminded me of the T.J. McConnell buzzle, buzzer beater against buzzle the Knicks. Bingo. It's hard to say. Against the Knicks. There's a shot of TJ. It's from behind. Now just imagine that this shot was taken from the front. And they're really similar. They're both jumping. They both are exclaiming with their fists. And they have both won a game on buzzer beater. And it just, it was like, oh, it it's like deja vu. So I put them in our notes. Yeah, so there, that's there. I secretly think she might have put it in there because Robert Covington is featured I in the, see, I see him. In there, yeah, Emily's favorite. As well as Franklin the dog. That's oh no, Franklin's been around for much longer. Yeah, yeah. Um, Who else? It looks is that Gerald Henderson, perhaps. It might be Gerald Henderson. Um, Emily is Emily. You need to put your glasses on. <laughs> Her face is a, is two inches away from the computer screen. But so yeah, they go into the Eastern Conference Finals. They end up losing, and here we start to get a lot of the animosity that is still apparent today because the. Pistons had rules just for Jordan, yep. so they were a lot tougher on the Bulls than anyone else. And this is interesting because it comes back again with, you know, Phil introducing the triangle and why. And he was saying that if you if you build your offense around one player, then another team can build a defense to stop that one player. Mm-hmm. And this, I mean, it, it happened years, multiple years in a row with the Pistons. Yeah. So it, like, goes to show I, like, I mean, say what you will about the triangle, but at that point, it was a better offensive scheme than give the just give the ball to Michael Jordan and let him do what he does. Well, certainly, and it's I mean, it still works today. Yeah. Oh, like even as the most recent I can think of, and I'm sure they focused on in on Clay and Kevin Durant before they both got hurt last year. They being the Toronto Raptors, but in '16, the the Warriors blowing the three-one lead year. The Thunder did that to them in the Western Conference Finals, where they were kind of, you know, Steph Curry comes across the middle, and they were they weren't doing Michael Jordan rules, but they were doing Steph Curry rules, which yeah. is basically the light version of it, of kind of pushing him around, not letting him get through the lane without contact. Yeah. So there's still something there, and you can say all you want about you know the NBA is not nearly as tough, which that is very much on display I here. Know, it makes me so sad, and it's shown by the Jordan rules. It's shown by how. Dennis Rodman just bullied players, and we're going to talk about the ramifications of him getting brought to the team in a few in a few minutes. But um, you know how he treated people, and they don't, they don't even show him kicking the guy in the crotch in the in this. But that's what he did to dudes on the sideline. Yeah, like, just completely insano stuff. And he obviously flipped into the into the stands. Just completely reckless play, but. Going back to the point of, of today's NBA, that there is still some physicality to the point of, you know, figuring out how to kind of take that physical edge and gain a mental edge because of it. Because certainly, if you're you're getting beat up that much, 
And Dennis Rodman makes the point of being like, I respected the hell out of him for being able to survive the beating that we laid on him for two straight years in the playoffs. Uh, and Doug Collins is quoted saying we went, we went. I don't know if they actually ended up winning to go two and four, if they went one and five in the regular season. But earlier he goes, we're one and four against these guys. I really want to fucking beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, th- this is something that really it meant a lot, and you know. MJ points out, you know, we used to play everybody six times. That's because, A, the, the NBA back then was two divisions per conference. And, B, there just weren't nearly as many teams. So, to fill an 82-game schedule, you yeah, they were, like, 0-6 against them or something. Yeah, they. I think they were... Were they 0-6? Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I thought he said we were 1-4 against them, but whatever. Okay. Um, no, no, no. That's good fact-checking. Anyway, um, yeah, so now we go... So, we go back to Dennis. I jumped the gun a little bit of him talking about... They kind of jump... They. They talk about him with the gun, which we talked about in the Dennis doc, but they really cover this pretty well, being outside the Palace Auburn Hills. They seem make it, like, much more explicit here, I think, because in the Dennis doc, they do, like, a dramatization of it, which is, like, kind of weird. Yeah, that's right, they did, and they talked about how, like, where it was on him, but this made it sound much more like he was contemplating suicide. Yeah, it really, it did. Um, And it's almost the exact same media cuts that yeah. we see there of him talking to people. And I love that they mention that it's it's a legally licensed to him firearm. Yeah. In I, the news. Yeah, I don't I don't know where people were with, you know gun control. Gun control and illegal and legal and stay away from the Second Amendment yeah. and all this stuff. I just think it's interesting. No 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 it's a good point because he does say a legally purchased firearm. Yeah. Um but then they they quickly show the Spurs and we did get other views of Dennis Rodman on the, on the San Antonio Spurs. Um, no David Aldridge this time talking about... Um, or yeah, Who? David Robertson. Excuse me. <laughs> um, I was confusing. I was mixing one former San Antonio great with a current San Antonio player. Um, LaMarcus? Yes, LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, but and da- David Robinson. Davidson Robinson. So we got so no, but we, he's not featured in this one. Neither of them are. No, but um, not Lamarcus or David. Not Lamarcus. Um, but they but they show a little bit of like the, they don't really even show that there was success. No, in, in San Antonio, which it's referenced by I think by Jordan references this guy led the league and led the league in rebounds for five straight years. Um, they reference that and it had to start somewhere, but kind of just shows that and we learned a lot about the you know how much of a shit show his, his couple years in San Antonio were but then they show the Krause wanting to bring in Dennis Rodman and here's where we start to see a little bit of Jerry Krause in an interview he did mm-hmm. in 2003 and talking about you know and we actually get some clips of him talking about building this team which I thought was really interesting yeah because we didn't get that in Rodman of bringing him in because it really made it sound like it was Phil Jackson's list he gave it to Michael and Scotty, and Michael had to convince Scotty to go in. And the first person they show after they talk about Phil's meeting and bringing him in is Scotty Pippen. Mm-hmm. And you know, they talk a little bit about how Pippen got shoved and everything, but Scotty goes, he fit in like a glove. Yeah, like a hand in a glove. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. They yeah, they ask how he fits in. So I don't they didn't Yeah, they didn't really like cover any of like the potential animosity I know in the Rodman Doc, they talked about Phil making him apologize. They didn't yeah. have any of that. Yeah, which is, you know, it's good, but 
Um, and I get it. Like, they don't want to... There, there's already enough Dennis Rodman that spills into episode four. Yeah. And we're really... Like, this is starting to... to we're getting, you know, a number of different... A number of different stories here. We get... We're now into 1998. We get Rodman t- uh, getting a $20 bill from Craig Sager. Yes. And this is for your fine tonight. And Rodman's like... He wants something from me. He probably wants an interview. That's his problem. Yeah. Um, Scotty decides he's going to come back. This is a real highlight. And with Scotty coming back, this is where probably what's going to be the best cliffhanger, which if they yes. had done this, if this had been one episode a night in the NBA Finals and we had to wait two days I know. to get episode four, holy shit. Yeah. But so Pippen decides to come back. Rodman has the 33s in his hair, which you pointed out. Yeah, we want to know. Dorney's going to put up a poll, but did anyone know that they were 33s in his hair, or did everyone think that it was cheetah print? Because I thought it was cheetah print. I thought it was cheetah print, too, and you said it. If you thought it was 33s, you just... You might be lying. You're probably lying. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put that up. Thunder BLG, Thunderblog Instagram, or Thunderblog uh, Twitter handle. So look at it there. Vote there. We'll both retweet it, but mm-hmm. make sure to give the Thunderblog a follow. But anyway, um, they start to really get, we get this montage of Rodman and Jordan talking defense, Scotty comes back, and Dennis feels like he's the third wheel, and... But he, it's not that it's like a really negative third wheel, because he also says, you know, the three amigos are back together, but I'm just the third wheel. Yeah, he he knows he's the third amigo. The third banana, if you will. (laughs) I love that banana, whatever idiom. Yes, all right. Phrase. So it. So here comes the end. So Dennis, they, Michael Jordan gets a call, and this gets passed around. This story gets passed around on an iPhone to Phil, to Dennis, to Scotty, and Dennis knows what it is, and he just starts laughing. Oh yeah. And he's Michael gets a call, and they're like, Dennis wants to see you, and he's like, I know. When Dennis wants to talk to me, it's not good. It's not anything that I want to hear. So he goes into Phil's office with Dennis, and Dennis is like, and Phil goes, Dennis needs a vacation. <laughs> and Michael's like, What the hell? Like, if anyone needs a vacation, I need a vacation. And yeah. Phil's just like, You know, he says he needs a vacation. Like, what? Like what he says he he wants to go to Vegas and. Michael's like, if you send him to Vegas, we're never seeing him again. He's not coming back. Yeah. And Phil's like, Dennis, 48 hours. Will you be back in 48 hours? And Dennis is like, yeah, I'll be back. So they let him go on vacation. And then, like, the episode... And then I think that's the end. No, it ends with Dennis walking out of the building. Talking with a Miller Light. With a Miller Light in his hand. And he gets on a motorcycle. Three different bandanas <laughs> on top of his haircut. And he gets on a motorcycle and just drives off. Mm-hmm. And probably the most tweeted tweet of the night was, we need the 48 hours. Yes. Or something to that effect of, this should be a side series, that's what I said. That, we get a little bit. So we're going to go right in episode four. And episode four starts, as Jordy had said, we need the 48 hours. But episode four starts because it was not 48 hours. So it's like Dennis Rodman has been in Las Vegas on approved leave from the team in, and then the number ticks up, one, two, three, four, up to 48. It surpasses 48. It changes to unapproved leave yeah. and goes to like 72 hours. Yeah. So we get a lot of clips of Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra 
who looks great found the, is also found the fountain of youth. Yes, part She's of that a vampire, part like of Jennifer that exclusive Lopez. club. Jennifer Lopez, Paul Rudd, Jeff yes. Probst, a lot of these people have found this fountain. Um, looks fantastic. Talks about her relationship with Rodman. We got none of her in the Rodman docs. This yeah. is awesome that she's in this. Um, we get a lot of clips of, of a number of different things, and she kind of plays it off like she didn't know what like the Bulls' schedule yeah. was and if he needed to be back. I don't fully believe that. Me neither. Because I'm sure she she either said, like, oh, do you need to go back to play? And he's like, nah, I don't need to come back. Or she didn't care and was having fun or whatever. But I'm sure she knew he was he was not supposed to be there any longer. Yeah. Um, but good for her for standing up for an ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, also, she's not his keeper. Yeah, she's not his keeper. She wants to have fun with him. That's her prerogative. Did not mean it that way. Um, but anyway, so we find out that Michael Jordan goes to Las Vegas. <laughs> Like, could you imagine this happening in today's, like, media cycle that Jordan doesn't come back and then there's, like, spottings of Michael Jordan in Vegas looking for him, like, on Twitter? People yeah. would lose their minds. Yeah, yeah, that's not a, that's not a 2020 activity. LeBron, as much as people want to, like, as much as people say, like, oh, LeBron wouldn't have done this, especially given hour one with the Bad Boy Pistons. LeBron wouldn't go to Vegas to find Anthony Davis no. or whomever just because it's a dumb idea. Yeah. Like, it's fine if, if you think, like, oh, because he's a wuss or whatever. But he's not doing it because it's bad PR <laughs> for all parties involved. Yeah. No matter who's there, whether it's Anthony Davis, one of the Morris twins, whatever, whoever's out there, no one's going. Yeah. You couldn't, like... You're sending, like, your underling to go that no one knows who they are. Yeah, yeah, you're sending, like... John, the intern, who goes to UCLA, mm-hmm. and was like there three days a week, but like, all right, you're working seven days, you're flying to Las Vegas, you need to find this guy and drag him out of wherever the hell he is. Yeah. If he's in jail, we'll wire you money. Yeah. And don't say who you work for. <laughs> but anyway, so Jordan gets him. We see a lot of, as you pointed out, Dennis Rodman drinking a lot of kamikazes. He loves kamikazes. He's like at the club drinking kamikazes. There's like a... A scene of him, like, at the facility, like, working out with, like, a little Gatorade cup, and he's like, it's a kamikaze. Like, this man loves them. Yeah, it's a good drink. <laughs> Which light. Is just a funny... It's like, a light drink? I don't know. It was just funny. All right. Well, anyway. So he comes back, and Dennis needs to get into shape. Mm-hmm. So, Phil gets the team to run the Indian running drill. Yeah. One that we're both familiar with. I'm sure a lot of people that played organized sports are. I used to do it in swimming, in the pool. Yeah. How do, explain this again. How does how does it work in a pool? It works the same way it works anywhere else. Yeah, but is it like, how many laps does it take for one person to get to the front of the line? And like, to go from the back to the front? Yeah. Well, you gotta do it in a straightaway, so you gotta do it like in a lap. Okay, so one lap. Like how many, so it's a 50 meter pool, right? You're not an Olympic sized pool. It's a 25 meter pool. 25 meter pool. 25 meter pool. So how many people are in the are in the swimming Indian swimming drill? I don't know, like 10? 10 people. Yeah. I'm 5'11 and that 7? That's what? 2 meters? 2 meters tall? Um, <laughs> I'm googling this. How tall is a normal person? 5'11 2 meters. So This is great radio. All right, that's 1.8. Yeah. All right, so I guess that makes sense. Anyway, so the the bulls are doing this. <laughs> And they make it sound like they, that, you know, 
they have Michael Jordan, they have Pippen, they have Steve Kerr all being like, yeah, we dogged it so that Dennis could could go. And because Michael Jordan is like, I'm pissed because now we all have to do this because Dennis needs to get into shape. And so they're like, you know, like, we're all just going to, like, jog at our slowest pace so that we can just get this shit done. Like, this is not fair. But then when it's Dennis's turn to be the front of the line, he just takes off and sprints. And they're not allowed to be done until the last person beats Dennis. And they, I think Michael said it took them four laps to yeah. catch him. Which is incredible. It was just, like, a testament to, like, he's, like, when it came to basketball, he was, like, always on. And, like, all, and I think, like, they say that multiple times. Like, say what you will about his partying, about this. But, like, he was always on point. Like, always, like, engaged in meetings. Like, always, you know. Yeah. It's just like when he wasn't, he yeah. wasn't. And we saw in the tennis doc of him, like he'd go in and work out after games and Timberlands and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So like he took that stuff incredibly seriously. Um, and you know, we got we mentioned we didn't totally we kind of missed a little bit of the intro of Phil, him being from Montana, this you know northwestern man, you know, ends up play you know ends up getting bullied a little bit as a kid. Really finds himself playing basketball, ends up on the Knicks, wins two championships there, which it's nuts to think about that Phil has 13 different yeah. rings. Um, does some acid on the beach. Yeah, yeah, that was nuts. So they showed, like, basically they're like, oh yeah, everybody that was in the NBA in the 60s was completely straight-laced, straight as an arrow, as Michael <laughs> Jordan would say. And then Phil was on and acid. Phil, and then Phil was just a hippie. They were like, they go, he was... Kind of. What did they say? Like he was sort of a hippie, and I'm like, I think he's a full on hippie. Yeah, he's just doing acid. He's in a band, and they drop it like so nonchalantly. Like it doesn't even really fit the story. It's like I helped him write the book, and he told the story about being on acid at the beach. Like they just wanted to get it in. Yeah. Well, I think that like they really wanted to hammer home like Phil isn't the Zen master just because he like came up with like yeah. he did yoga and he's the, like on a the real floor. alternate thinker. Yeah, like they made the team do yoga on the floor of the United Center, like. He created the triangle offense. Like, they really want to hammer that point home. Yeah. Like, alternative thinking, like you said. Um, but, yeah, so he gets into coaching after he gets out of the NBA. And it's really funny seeing seeing the start of his coaching career because he's so much taller than everybody else. Yeah, because he's in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Coaching. And I guess they had these, like, super competitive, like, town teams. And it was, like, towns in Puerto Rico. And they were, like, very, like, there seemed to be no rules. Like, teams yeah. would, like kill animal like goats and put the blood on the enemy seats and things like that and like the team that phil coached for they were known because the mayor of the team got mad and shot the ref with a gun and then his only punishment was he wasn't allowed to come to the home games anymore i can only imagine (laughs) jim kenny doing that i feel like nutter might have been more more likely to do it because he was a little more rambunctious yeah. Um, I'm speaking completely out of my ass there, but... <laughs> yeah, Michael Nutter is rambunctious. I don't know. I, you know, he... I don't know. But, um... Can't do that here. Can't do that here. I was gonna, I don't know any other... I don't know any other mayors. They're the only two that I can... Or de Blasio. Fast de Blasio. Eddie? Yeah, maybe. Fast Eddie might do it. Oh, um... Toronto mayor. That's dead now. I don't know. The guy that did I know acid. who you mean, but I don't um, know his name. Oh, man. Oh, he was the best. Um, or the worst. Rob Ford. Rob oh. Ford. Yeah, he he might have done it. Okay. He's. I know. Nutter's not mean. rambunctious. Rob Ford, rambunctious. I rescind Mayor Nutter 
Rob Ford, most rambunctious man. <laughs> okay. But it's also Canada, so, you know. But, you know, like, he did, like, he did some crazy shit while he was mayor. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, he, he's in Puerto Rico, and he really starts to talk about the the triangle offense. He starts to implement it when he's coaching in the CBA, coaching up in Albany, which they even make a point to talk about that he's formerly of the New York Knickerbockers mm-hmm. as they're introducing him. And technically, this is his 14th ring. He wins a CBA championship with them and almost immediately gets brought into the fold of the Chicago Bulls, coaching under under Doug Collins. He had Tex Winters, triangle offense, and he really figured it out. He and Tex... Well, are, Tex is the one that developed yeah, Tex it is, in the 60s. Yeah, and Te- Tex is a part of the... is an assistant coach, mm-hmm. so he... He shows it to Phil, and Phil really buys right into it. And like you mentioned, Doug Collins is totally about it. And the two of them, and Jerry Krause really, really respected what Tex did with it. Um, and he had, Jerry Krause was also like a big Phil fan. He had tried to bring him in earlier, but like right. he just like wasn't super professional because he's a hippie. And so right, the, he dressed, he was not, like he, he, he didn't came dress in like appropriately. Rats. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they... Like, he brings him back in, and really, when Phil Phil Collins, Doug Collins kind of, like, relegates him to the end of the bench, that's when Phil really spends this time with Tex Winter, like, being, like, tutored on, like, the triangle offense and, like, how to run it and how to implement it within a team. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so Phil Jackson, he's an assistant coach from 87-89, takes over at the start of the 89 season, and implements this, mm-hmm. and they show Michael not totally loving the triangle offense, um, and he didn't like that I was taking the ball out of his hands. He goes, you know, I don't want to pass the ball to Cartwright yeah. at the la- you know, the last seconds. I want to take the last second shot, and really, you know, starting to get a little sports movie hammy of mm-hmm. like, no, this is my team. It's my ball. Which is like this is that's why Michael Jordan's so beloved is that he wanted that. He wanted the spotlight on him. Um but you know, certainly the way that the triangle offense it ultimately helps to develop this team. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, there's the quote, there's no I in team, but there is an I in win. Uh and we get to the nineteen ninety playoffs, it kind of gets right through there in Scotty's migraine game. Yeah. I don't think Jordan's over the migraine game. No, he's definitely not over the migraine game. Um, so for those that don't know, in the 1990 NBA NBA Eastern Conference Finals, I almost said NBA Finals, the Pistons and the Bulls are in this are playing. It's pretty close, and Scotty pulls himself out because he has this migraine mm-hmm. right in so front of. Says he can't see. Says he can't see right in the front of his head and. Um, you know, the Jordan rules are fully in, in effect. Rodman's shoving Dennis, or, uh, Scottie Pippen all over the place. And, yeah, like you mentioned, Jordan's still pretty bitter about it to this day of, like, he did, basically didn't say, at the time, he was like, what the fuck is this? And here he was kind of like, yeah, you know, he said he had migraines. So I guess he had a migraine. So I guess he had a migraine, yeah. But, like, I don't think that Michael Jordan can comprehend, like, having an illness that impacts the way you play because like like I just don't think which you know flu game whatever 
I don't think that it impacts his like competitive performance because it just that's just how he is. You know, like I just don't think that he can even comprehend yeah. the idea of it. Like I don't think he thinks that like Scotty didn't have a headache. I just think he doesn't understand like how a he- like a migraine even could like make you not play. Yeah. <laughs> but they quickly show that in the the 90-91 season, the triangle offense quickly gets applied and the team really figures it all out. And Scotty really takes off. And Scotty takes off. Um, and we you know, we talked a little bit last week of Scotty not really being paid the highest guy in the league and all this and his scoring average numbers versus Jordan's and, and, and really everybody on the team versus Jordan's. But this is really where it takes off and it's probably right around the time that he signs that deal. Um, we, you know, where, you know, we see Reinsdorf say, Oh, I don't want to re, re yeah, you know, bring this back deal. up. Um, but we get back to a third straight year of the Pistons and the Bulls and the Bulls decimate him. Yeah, well, the, and also, like, in the offseason, Michael had really decided that he was going to... Oh, you're right. He yeah, was going to get stronger. He wasn't going to... He wasn't going to be able to physically be pushed around like he was. And the rest of the team also really seemed to buy into that. Like, they said they didn't go on vacation in the offseason. They all went to the gym. Like, they went to the... To the facility. So, yeah, the, the Bulls were ready for the Pistons. And the Bulls take a 3-0 lead in the series... And then when the Pistons are are down in that fourth game, you know, they tr- really try everything. And Rodman shoves Scotty at the baseline, like, into the camera. People, like, really could have hurt him. Yep. But Scotty doesn't even, like, react, doesn't even ask for, like, a call, does nothing. And the Pistons say, like, I think John Sally's, like, we knew when he didn't do anything. He's like, we were done. Yeah. You know, they couldn't get in their heads anymore, like... It was it was Bulls time now. Yep, and the Bulls cruise their way through the through the Lakers. They end up losing Game One, and then they win the next. You forgot four. something important. Which part? That the Pistons don't shake their hands when they lose. You're absolutely right. There was a huge, <laughs> huge misstep by them. No sportsmanship shown. Straight up bitches. As Horace Grant says. As Horace Grant says. It's so great. And they even show, like, the Bulls lot, the previous couple years, Michael Jordan did shake their mm-hmm. hands. So there is something. And they want to show, like, Isaiah Thomas tries to, he tries to rationalize it by saying, oh, you know, when we beat the Celtics, Larry Bird didn't shake our hands. And the only reason why one of the guys did is because I, I, yeah, you know, I grabbed him Kevin McHale. So. Yeah, so that's why he did. And, and all this, like, which it looks like he does, mm-hmm. but that doesn't that doesn't excuse the Celtics. Yeah, it doesn't excuse, you know, if the you know, if the Sixers did it, you know, the couple of times the Celtics beat the Sixers in the Eastern Conference Finals, or in 1983, if if I think they beat the Celtics in the in the Eastern Conference Finals, if Larry Bird didn't shake Dr. J's hand, it doesn't excuse that. Yeah, and Michael says, you know, all you have to do is look at those years when they beat us. We shook their hands. Like, yeah. we respected them enough as a competitor. And it's just so funny, though, because then, you know, Isaiah tells a story. And they I love this thing that they do where they, like, give people the video of people saying. And we talked oh, yeah. about it last week. Like, give people a video of oh, them yeah. saying stuff and then see how they react. And he, they're like, here, here's Isaiah talking about the, the handshake. And Michael's just like. You don't need to tell me what he said. He's just like. He's an asshole. He's like. I know it's bullshit, 
Yeah. He was like, whatever he says now is not what he was saying back then. And, you know, Isaiah's like, if we had known the firestorm, like, of course we would have done it. And Michael's just like, that's bullshit. Like, yeah. you can do nothing you can do will convince me that that is not, you know. And it's just, I love this, like, reaction of, like, other things How that we've seen. How pissed off he It's was. just so interesting. And it's really, it's funny. I really enjoy that part. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it's another testament to just Michael Jordan always had this chip on his shoulder of, Whatever, and we're seeing that it was everything. It wasn't just getting cut from his yeah. high school so- sophomore basketball or the varsity team as a sophomore. It was you know not having the handshake. It was this. It was that. It was being told he couldn't lead a team to a championship. Mm-hmm. It was all this stuff that we're really getting a huge you know the the up close and personal look at it. And they really yada yada as I mentioned the ninety one finals against the. Against the Lakers and yeah, at the Great Western Forum, <laughs> um, and the Bulls end up winning. They show, weirdly enough, we noticed this because they show right before the commercial that they they show them celebrating. But I think it might have just been. It looked like they were wearing champions like three peat shirts. Yeah, three peat shirts. So That's it looked what like I it was might have been in about. Yeah. So then, if you go, if you need to go back and watch three and four, just because you want to watch them again, notice this in episode four that after they show them beating the the Pistons, they're wearing three peach shirts, which we were both like, "Is this in '93?" Like mm, when is, Jerry's dancing on the plane. Yeah, which the Jerry dancing is hysterical. It is. It's great. It is really fun, and at first it just looks like Pippin's dancing. You're like, "Oh, Pippin, yeah, buddy." Um, but then they show Jerry Krause, and it's hilarious. But yeah, if anyone goes back and watch, let yeah. us know if we they really are wearing three peat shirts. What's going on there? Yeah, so so that was pretty interesting. Um, then they they go back to '98. They talk about the the Bulls and how they they show long Linda Cohn on Sports Center segment talking about the the Bulls having just beaten the the Jazz the previous year in '97. And they go to Utah to play them, and it's right before the All-Star break. And Jerry Krause gets interviewed again about how the team is all going. And they show a lot of different clips of Michael Jordan saying, like, well, if he, you know, if, if Phil's not playing, then I'm not playing. It's as simple as that. Where previously they're they're saying, hey, Michael, are you going to gonna retire? And he's like, you know, I don't know, maybe. And he's being pretty coy about it. Yeah. And finally, Jerry Krause makes the comment, before that game even happens, and be like, "Yeah, he's not coming back," and and all this stuff, and makes a number of of out loud organizational decisions that even today, where there's some GMs who are rather vocal to the media of what their plans are, or what they're trying to do, um, it that's pretty far of how you know how much he was revealing how mm-hmm. how many cards he was pulling off of the vest. Um, we're pulling away from the best, I guess. But, yeah, and, and it ends there. It ends with them losing in Utah and going into the All-Star break. Um, that's, you know, it's that's kind of where we're at. And it's funny, before that they show Jordan with Burrell and him being like, hey, you know, like, oh, I don't want to be on camera. Oh, no, if this is your girlfriend watching, he's sleeping around. If your parents are watching, he's gambling and drinking every yeah. night and all this stuff. I'm like... They, they show all that and, like, how Michael Jordan was like, how about them Broncos? How about them Broncos? Yeah. And Phil goes, man, an AFC team won. This might change a lot. Phil, 
uh, a team called the New England Patriots is going <laughs> to win six titles. The Steelers are going to win. Are going to win one, or they're gonna, they're going to win two? Excuse me. Um, yeah, the, you know it's it's the first of many. The Broncos are going to win again the next year. Yeah, a lot of AFC titles in your future, Phil. <laughs> but yeah, that's where that's where we're at with the Last Dance. Uh, looks like next week we're going to get a Dream Team episode. Yeah, I missed that uh, preview, but yeah, they showed that during during the live the the live feed. I don't. Did you I watch it on Disney Plus? No. How did you rewatch it? On demand. Oh wow. Oh, so I don't know how you did miss it. Well, if, I, if they were showing commercials. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Both times I watched, I missed it. Yeah. So next week we're getting. It looks like we're getting a a, a dream team episode. I don't know how much of that is is going to be covered. If it's going to be in five or if it's going to be in six, I would imagine it's probably ninety two season dream team, ninety two summer, and maybe ninety three, mm-hmm. and then episode five is baseball. What do you think? Um. Yeah, that makes sense, but I don't know how they're going to cut baseball in, because I don't think it's like, because of the way they're doing time, you know, they're not going to have a whole year of baseball. Well, maybe they, well, it's a year and a half. Um, or a whole episode, I mean. Yeah, maybe it's, they do, they do baseball, they do I'm Back, that playoff series in 94, uh, or 95, and then the 96 season, mm-hmm. where Michael wins on Father's Day and everything. Because you have to remember, too, that's only five and six. So then we have seven, eight, nine, and ten. Presumably, I don't know what they would cut around also with the 98 season. Yeah, I season. feel like that has to be all the last season. Yeah, that all has to be 98 stuff. And we're already to the all-star break of the 98 season. So how they how they decide to cut this up is going to be pretty interesting. I don't know if we get more of a Jerry Krause origin story. How it, you know, Which way it's going to go. Um, I hope it doesn't feel stretched out. Yeah, I don't think it will. Yeah. I think there's enough. I'm sure they're, I mean, I'm sure they could have just showed us raw footage. I know we said that last week, but I'm sure they could have just done that and never to be like, oh my God. Like, and then, uh, you know, almost a reunion of like, what'd you think of this? What'd you think of that? But I don't know. Um, anything else before we start to wrap this thing up? Um, not about this. Ah, well, we didn't get any questions. I posted on Twitter. I did not post it on Instagram. So now we've really learned where we're getting a lot of our fan questions from. The Instagram. Yeah, so follow us, Jordo9, E.E. Anderson, and Thunderblog Sports. I'll probably post on both for future podcasts. And answer our poll about uh, Dennis Rodman's hair. Yes, I'm going to put I'll that up. I'll call you a liar if you pick Cheetah Brown. Yes, I will put that up as I put up the show tomorrow. But Emily, thank you so much. This was great. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, of course. We're going to be back for episodes five and six, uh, probably next Tuesday, maybe next Monday. depends on how... We're doing, this was kind of a busy week for me work-wise, part of why we're doing it Tuesday night. Also give us another day to digest. But I feel like we probably could have done it last night. So maybe we'll be back Monday. No promises. Monday or Tuesday. Um, Matt and I at some point are going to try to do a draft recap, do our all-draft team. Although, further away we get from it, we might not. So stay tuned for that, possibly. We'll come up with other ideas for other podcasts to do. Maybe we do another Real Sports over the weekend. Although golf courses are supposed to open back up. Yeah, I'm not going to see this. Yeah, so I'm pretty pumped for that. But, Emily, thank you for the great Emily Anderson. I am Jordy Cannell. Have a great week, everybody. If we don't talk to you, have a great weekend. And go Phils. (laughs)